I think David would tell the story that Bathsheba was a wine mom, but uh, Server has now started doing this thing where he waits for one of us to say something incredibly stupid to start recording because he's like, "All right, here's where the cold open may lie." There's a pattern when it comes to depicting Bathsheba, and it's it's boobs, boobs. That's yeah. why I asked if she was a wine mom. Here's religious art experts. It's just religious. So, like, <laughs> the, the story that is in the Bible is essentially she's cleaning herself after her period. Mm-hmm. Dudes draw paintings of this as, oh, she's posing with her tits out. <laughs> These are not the same thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm seeing this as, like, she's really scrubbing the gooch. She's right. really getting in right. there. The story is about what a pervert David is, not about, well, he couldn't have resisted. It's about, it should have been easy to resist. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is this is not how I thought the first Re- show of 2024 reversed, would go, and that's on me. Would, reversed it would be amazing. It'd be like, Queen Bathsheba beheld David going at it, just scrubbing his ass. <laughs> She's like, that's beheld my man. David, David's gooch. Gleaming from the top of the, of the he's palace, got some, he's got some sort of horrible mega abrasive sponge they pulled out of the Mediterranean. So in the spring, when kings go to war, there was King David on the roof, butt sunning. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. Just, just working a stick. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Wait, wait, wait. Wow. No, sorry, I, I got sidetracked trying to imagine the physics of how that would work. Like a dipstick. Yeah, what? No, I meant like like the cleaning stick. Like the classic. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Like a rotor rooter? Like, <laughs> like the Romans would I think, use? I think this Romans is for external take... external use only, Jason. Yeah, external use. I'm not saying David's sitting there railing himself with like... I mean, uh, I don't know, what, <laughs> I don't know what, what else you mean by stick. I think he's talking about a tape scrub. Yeah. Wait, like, okay. you don't just... What do you... Huh? Because yeah, like, toilet paper, I guess. All right. Yeah, they didn't have toilet paper, so sponge, gulp, on, a, sponge on a rod. What do Got normal it. people scrub their taints with? She asked, expecting an answer. Coors Light! Ice cold Coors Light! <laughs> <laughs> now my mountains are blue. <laughs> <laughs> my valleys are blue, too. And refreshing. Whoa. Talk about it. Chill. <laughs> I've got a chill. Please do not use Coors Light for cleaning your per- perineum. Coors Light is for internal use only. <laughs> I think I think pound They're for pound, listening. minute for minute, 24, 2024 is our best year yet. Oh my god! Just keep keep this going for an entire pound year. Pound for pound. That man ran down to his his like counselors, his aides, and he's like, "Hey, so I have an I important just... policy decision I need to make." Yeah, what is it, King David? There's this naked chick. Yeah, and she's on a roof. Yeah, we gotta make this she's happen. She's not even on a roof. <laughs> the story doesn't say she's on a roof. Like, he might have been peering through her window at herself cleaning her <laughs> her, her discharge he away. He makes and it look a like a priority of the state. To me, rest. my X-Men, I need you to go <laughs> retrieve <laughs> I have something more Dazzler. important going on. I have something more important going on than the fucking war we are fighting right now. Nightcrawler, go in there. <laughs> You're the only one who can do it. It's I would weird. Even... traffic for any of you and have for some of you, but can I just ask that we never use the word discharge again? <laughs> I'm just quoting the Bible. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm I'm a heretic like that. 
Just poor, poor Nightcrawler. Bam. The team version didn't say discharge. That's <laughs> part of the problem. Yeah, the NIT Innovate Team Bible is probably like ooeyness or something. <laughs> <laughs> the stickitude. Now I'm upset. The the teenage dirtbag Bible is like stank on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the teenage like, King the, James dirtbag. When they do like the teen, <laughs> when they do the teen Bible for boys. There, there is like a little advertisement, and it's like it's got gross stuff, and it's got it's got bugs and blood and and stuff. It should also be like it's got farts, and butts. The Nerf Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a first business idea of the year. Jesus came back Bible in the desert red. with his steak ass. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, has everybody seen this article uh, about life in Pompeii? Uh, no. That the New York Times put Is out. Is there a so, new? I feel like I feel like uh, over the course of this show we have discussed multiple art. Is there a new this one? Was, this was before the holidays, so I'm okay. gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop it in the comments so y'all can read it, or just so you can see the headline. Uh, it turns out the New York Times has discovered that slaves had terrible lives in Italy. Let's just take the first paragraph. Archaeologists ex- excavating parts of the ancient city of Pompeii made public new discoveries on Friday that provide a grim glimpse into the bleak existence of enslaved people two millenniums ago, including the existence of a, and I'm quoting here, this is a hyphenate, bakery prison. I live in a bakery prison of my own making. It's called my body. <laughs> Pompeii had been there, y'all. We've already had, we've had killer lemonade since before the... <laughs> Banana! <laughs> this is this is amazing, by the way, that they didn't do a headline that said "Life for the lowest class in ancient Pompeii." It was not that bad. It was wait, complex. wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm sorry. If you if you go down, uh, there is you do get the complex stratification of Pompeii's society. Yeah, man, including the lowest classes, which included the majority of its citizens. If this the is, New York. If this the New York is Times also wait, wait, me. stop, stop, mm-hmm. stop. All of this is coming from a second century author. Who wrote a book called "quote the Golden Ass," mm-hmm. and we're just not going to talk about that part. We're getting there. So within this, it says that slaves and donkeys were locked up to grind grain. Were the donkeys mm-hmm. also grinding the grain? The yes. donkeys. The donkeys turned the millstones. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and their hooves were misshapen from the weird grooves in the pavement. They had, it actually really sounds like it did suck. But also, the donkeys lived with the slaves, so like you had pets. I, I, there are many mysteries of ancient history. I, I have never wondered. Hey, was it awesome to be a slave in Pompeii? No, no, and I'm really glad that they're providing this information. Although I, I still like better the last dispatch we heard from Pompeii, which was the one where they found what appeared to be a review of a chicken stall, mm-hmm. like a, a restaurant review of a chicken establishment. The York, if the New York times comes to me and goes, this experience will be a complex one. I'm like, Oh, you mean fascist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. The experience of having a tumor will be a complex and nuanced one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pass this. I mean, but there's no, there's no mystery here. It's just, Life for the lowest class in Agent Pompeii? Question mark. It was awful. Period. I guarantee you they had. I guarantee you they had such an argument over that. <laughs> there's some. There's some fucking dipshit, right? No, who worked once on they, the- Once they figured out they can't like make money off of everybody in Pompeii because everybody who could have yelled at them about it is volcanized. Yeah. And has been for many centuries. 
Listen, Once they figured that out, they were cool with the headline. We don't want to. We don't want to alienate the supporters of Aulus Rustius Verus. They're gonna okay. have Marine. They're gonna have Marine Dowd up here in like three weeks, and in, in a, in a counter column that was like Pompey's bread was uh, was worth the cost. The can bakery I, can prison I, was, can was I, a net good. Can I zoom out for a second? So please, I please assume. God. I'm not an archaeologist. Among many things, I'm not. Archaeologist is not one of them. What? I assume, I know. I assume Pompeii is a popular archaeology site because, given what happened with Mount Vesuvius, it has been preserved in a way that other ancient sites have not. I don't know if that's true, but let's just take that on. Also, faith. uncles. So. Is there is it possible that, without having any knowledge here, is it possible that we are extrapolating. For, uh, uh, what the ancient world was like from one city without knowing what it was in relation to other city. I guess what I'm saying is like... It doesn't sound like <laughs> us, but it's certainly possible. What if, it so turns, what if it turns out this, like, Pompeii was like the... Was Orla like Texas A&M of Italy? The Orlando of, it, of, of, of the ancient world. What a like terrifying concept. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm listening. I'm listening. Or or the Myrtle Beach, maybe, is the better Ooh. is the better version of Italy. Yeah. Right? Where you're like, ah, Putt Putt was deeply important to the ancient peoples. Oh, I want to find slaves who turned the windmill behind the clouds <laughs> terrible lives. But so entertaining. See, I want to find say the... whether it was worth it. Like what if what if that what if there are thousands of uh, millennia old Italian ghosts who are like Pompeii. That's not what we lived like. God damn it! You think we're like Pompeii? That was Branson, Missouri. Oh, oh no, Branson is centrally located. So when the United States is taken by the sea, Branson's going to be one of the last surviving sites, which means future civilizations are going to find it more intact. Their most important stronghold, Nebraska. They loved the. What would be inaccurate about America being defined by Branson, Missouri? No I think There's we no deserve beaches. nothing better than that. There's yeah. no park. There might be a water park. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be like an, an important part of park. United States culture was Andy Williams. For a long time, United States culture revolved around. All right, they Yakov got a splash Smirnoff. country, but it's not Dolly's splash country. Yeah. I want to find the one city. See, I think my primary motivation in archaeology would be finding more buried cities so that I could find the one city that everybody agreed were assholes. Like they would mm -hmm. be great if we, like we find out that there's eight other cities and they all have like graffiti find, on like, the Ted walls. Cruz's ancestral homeland. Right, right. This because like because like there's a, a note at the end of this that says that there's a room that they found and the shrine in this excavation was found to uh and on the wall there were mottos for this guy Aulus Rustius Verus who was a candidate for elected office. And the dwelling likely belonged to a supporter of that candidate. So, like, I want to find the eight other cities that were like, "Fuck Pompeii. Mm -hmm. Pompeii's full of dicks. They did their every pizza sucks. They had a bakery prison, and it made bakery prison pizza, which was ass. And they were idiots who lived in the same room with donkeys, which none of the rest <laughs> of us did. Or asses, which made yeah. the bakery. Have you ever noticed that Pompeii pizza tastes like donkey? Well, yeah. here's why. <laughs> what's the What's the deal with getting annihilated by an ancient volcano? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Vesuvius erupted. That's right. I said it.
Hey, on the wall. You're listening to Sports Talk Radio Milan. (laughs) W-M-I-L. Let's hear it. What about you, Varys? Yeah, you know, I just want to say that the prettiest here from suburban Milan. I just want to say I'm faster than a fucking volcano. You know, I think the thing about Pompeii is they never supported their sports teams like we do here. They're just not Uh tough. Not all. You know what AC Milan says? Anti-combustible, meaning volcano hits me. I don't burst into flame like some weaker cities, huh? If they really deserve the name of the Herculaneum, they yeah. would have outrun the notoriously slow. Disappointment to the name of Hercules and of the yeah. Roman Empire. That's all I got to say about it. I'm out. Achilles' entire body's ass. the shutdown full cast i am spencer hall and you are listening to the internet's only college football podcast i am joined as always by ryan nanny holly anderson jason kirk Hi. and brian floyd on the ones and twos we have the immortal michael server thank you, you for joining us for a minute nope you totally did no it's right here in front immortal. of it's oh, a lot of proper it's a lot of he is immortal he's yeah. cursed with the ever-living disease <laughs> That is. That's why he roots for Clemson. Cerber, you would oh! be such a chill. You would be such a chill vampire, Cerber. Oh yeah, I think I'd be really good at that. <laughs> I've watched. Whoa. Lot, I'm, I'm, I've watched a lot of vampire shows. So, uh, so you, you didn't just go for so, chill. You went for good at that. Like you, you, you have a set of okay. skills that would translate. I think, like, I think any vampire label you want to slap on me, I think I could pull off. Okay. Like sexy, obviously. Yep. Yeah, obviously sexy, super chill, like dangerous. I'm, 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 yeah, the, un- the, yeah, the Underlord research. King business vampire. Elusive. Oh, fuck yeah, I could do that for sure. Classy, yeah. elegant. You could you could lounge with like a a, a, a kind of casual menace on a large mm. chair. Oh yeah, yeah. What's that's the Eric the Viking on True Blood. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. I really. This is my fault. I really hoped we wouldn't talk about True Blood in 2024, but here we are. We've already broken that resolution. Hey, a full third of people on this show watch that show end to end, and All we're not sorry about it. Just a third? I did Wait. not. It's at least half. Wait, you too? Oh, boy. Oh, Floyd, Floyd, I've never been happier for your companionship. <laughs> I did not know look that y'all you. continued. Look at you. I'm Sarah. happy on this island here. Me and you. The wear Panther uh, season. Look, no, it's look not, at, look it's at not you, your classy TV watchers. Coastal leads Brian Floyd and Ryan Eddy refusing to read about America's blue-collar <laughs> vampires. Of, out of touch with Louisiana Americans. <laughs> Tampa to Pullman bailing out on the Wear Panther seasons and denying American Wear Panther heritage. Ew, blood. I get that from poor people. Poor hey, so people's blood. This isn't a Stanford podcast. Calm down. No, okay. Speaking of poor people's blood, but not in a Stanford podcast sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Floyd, how much money did we figure out we would have made if we bet the money line last year on every game Ted Cruz had shown up at? 24x is what oh, you would make. That seems like a lot. 
Yeah, my it's favorite, better than investing in stocks. You guys may have seen a certain uh, media outlet trending this morning that we don't usually have a whole lot to say about. That outlet is, of course, uh, Barstool Longhorns. And I, I just wanted to highlight them as really as, as having an emblematic moment of what it means to unite a nation. And that is a photograph of Ted Cruz in burnt orange uh, at the Sugar Bowl with Barstool Longhorn asking, and I quote, get this fucker out my colors. <laughs> now, among the many branches of discourse that flow downhill from that, I think my favorite is the surge of Aggies who comes in about 35 minutes later, led by a guy who says, not every Longhorn fan is Antifa. Disagree. Um, but we can we can take we can take a number of paths from here. But nobody, I, I love that he is ending the year as he as he began it. Nobody wants this man on their sideline. No, not a single no. person. It he was I think been... in the first quarter when he showed up. Someone was like, "Hey, I just got a text, and here's Ted Cruz," and everyone was like, "Oh no." He has been present for a Baylor loss Baylor this season, lost? a Texas A&M mm-hmm. loss this season. Like, Astros, again, like, uh, it's multi-sport. Oh, multiple S, yeah. Um, I think the best thing going for the Dallas Cowboys, again, on our NFL podcast, is that Ted Cruz doesn't, doesn't A, he's from Houston, so he doesn't really support the Cowboys, and B, he doesn't go to Cowboys games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cowboys I, Super Bowl, lock it up. Well, he'll be there for that. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is a reminder that in any revolutionary situation, you would look over and like if you're tearing down the Bastille or whatever the symbolic, you know, object of oppression is, whatever that opponent is, you're gonna look over and there's gonna be somebody over here to your right who you're like, okay, whatever. Like like when they tore down Just the Bastille. Barstool Longhorn up here on this wall together. <laughs> I I think I think I think Washington as a team should have like carried Ted Cruz off the field on their shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Like Floyd and Rosedale against, against against his will. Like, are they gonna, are they gonna he's bronze him? Very, oh, I wouldn't object to that. He is a very well preserved pig. Like a bug on his back. <laughs> That's Ted Cruz voice. I thought nothing. I thought no image would please me more than the whoever was it whipped up Jim Harbaugh in the Che Guevara shirt. Um, the Wall Street the Journal. The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. No, when we say battle, who, when we say whoever, <laughs> it's the Wall Street fucking I, I Journal. Knew was, I knew it was a blog of little to no account, but I didn't know it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? That yes. That was? Yes. They'll oh just give Photoshop to anybody these days. You know, wow. you know what? The Wall Street Journal. So they've become posters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so straight laced. You know, somebody was like, hey, man, do you want to do Jim Harbaugh's mouth? They're like, oh, yes. God damn it. Yeah. That's the first thing I want to do. Oh, boy. Whoa. Oh, come on. All that person can see, like, like somebody's like another line drawing of a guy who's going to be dead in five years who's, who's worth like $10 billion. Yeah, okay, fine. Are you saying Jim Harbaugh's going to be dead in five years? No, he's way yeah, too high to run out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Huh. How do you think Tom Crane's doing this morning? Man, he's glad that it's the glad that it is the greatest possible distance of linear time between now and the holidays. Because listen, if if Jim wins this whole thing and then Jack turns it around and wins it in Baltimore, or John turns around and wins it in Baltimore, excuse me, 
up. You got a long time between now and next Thanksgiving. Like like Tom Tom Crane's holiday card is going to be like grew a lot of good tomatoes this year. Really, really perfecting my sourdough recipe. Maybe he should adopt the Kirk Ferentz uh, press conference attitude and be like, hey, take a step back. All right. So let's (laughs) let's start with the Citrus Bowl, which Holly, are you are you? No, she is not done levitating after Tennessee. You can't listen in the Citrus Bowl. I I have I have landed upon our mantra for the year and it is forgive me. It is whoever tweeted at me yesterday. Can't spell Citrus Bowl without UT brackets complimentary. Love it. I'm here. We're going to finish the season at 19, somewhere between 19 and 23. That's exactly where I want to be. Oh, I am so comfortable right now. You can't tell me shit. Uh, I, I, this did we just... mention the score? Did we? Can I mention the score? Go for it. 35 nothing. Good so, grief. Hey, to... how did a bunch of those scores happen? A bunch of those scores happened when Nico Iamaliva. Who's he? He's the freshman quarterback. Wow, so he's coming Tennessee back next Vulture. year. Had yeah, he ever started back. before? No, no. Had he for... ever played outside garbage time? No, not really. Wow, so it's Iowa all upside be... for the Vols. What's Iowa supposed to be Damn. good at again? Complimentary football, which is why they looked at Nico and said, hey, man, nice calves. Why so that's like, that's like 62 points translated to regular football. I would mm-hmm. put somebody on the true freshman quarterback scoring multiple rushing touchdowns, but I'm not a defensive guru. The hard oh. backbone of Iowa football, the defense that allowed 232 yards rushing. So Iowa fired Brian Ferentz on, I believe it was October uh, 30th. What for? Unclear oh. at best. Okay. That was right after, that was uh, about a, uh, a week after they lost the um, the Minnesota game with the the punt return that got called back, et cetera, et cetera. But they let Brian Ferentz coach out the season. A thing which I think we all said at the time was very weird. Like you just don't see coordinators who get to, especially with that much season left. It's not like they were like, yeah, you can coach the bowl game after, even though we fired you for the last game, whatever. What do you think Iowa averaged in terms of scoring output in the six games that they played after that? I truly can't guess six. You you've overshot by but only slightly. Four. <clears throat> the answer is ten. <laughs> Iowa scored ten points a game. Most of them thanks to a twenty-two <clears> zero <throat> victory over Rutgers, and I do want to get to Rutgers in a little hey, bit. Hey, speaking as well. of shutouts, yeah. Um, uh, how many other Ryan? How many other FBS teams did you say were shut out this? Season? Oh, I gotta I gotta dig this up. I think so. So Iowa suff- shuffer, suffered. Oh, with suffered. Iowa suffered. Three shutouts. Yeah, Citrus Bowl High is still with you too, isn't it? Iowa suffered three shutouts this season, including the Big Ten Championship and their bowl game. Uh, the rest of uh, FBS combined, I believe, ha- was shut out twenty-two times. <laughs> like, I just also, based on a stat from uh, non-Mormon Matt Brown, I, I the average number of wins for a team that gets shut out three times in a year is about three. Iowa won ten games. It's it's an oh it's amazing. <laughs> it continues to be amazing. They win or get shut out. But like Jason was right about this team all along. This is an extraordinary achievement. The it's January second as we're recording this, so maybe something will change in the next twenty four hours. But the other thing is that like by letting it just be like the Brian Ferentz farewell tour for the last two months, 
they have made no progress figuring out who the next offensive coordinator is. They were We've had a bunch. There's been a shit ton of hires going on. Kirk Ferentz was asked about this in d- December, and he's like, "Ah, we'll figure that out in January." Well, My cause, dude, because what was he focused on instead? <laughs> Not scoring any points in their last the two games. The plan for the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> Like I, I, it is, it is amazing that That, somehow Brian Ferentz, that Kirk Ferentz had to watch his son get fired. He was like, I will dig my heels in even more. What if you want me to bring in somebody new? I will slow play this until you fall asleep. What if it's just like first day of spring ball and the reporters are like, is that Brian? (laughs) He's on a, he's on a a weekly contract. Is that Brian in a polo on the sideline? I'm allowed to bring my son to work. You telling me I can't bring my son to work. Kirk Ferentz is going to find, call a friend and go, Hey, do you know any of our friends who are dying and coached quarterback? And that's the guy he's going to hire whoever that is. Right. Like to go back to Rutgers ever so briefly on, on the 40 for 40 that we recorded about the pinstripe pull, I'm pretty sure it was Jason who pointed out that Rod Gilmore was on the call. And we had a little <laughs> bit of a discussion about how Rod was going to treat Miami's um, unorthodox approach to end game scenarios. The important thing for you to know is that Miami uh, needing to score twice, scored once, successfully recovered an onside kick, and then basically couldn't do anything else. And they did all this with two timeouts left on the board. And during their first drive, as the clock is just like bleeding away and these timeouts are just staring you right in the fucking face in the last game of the season, Rod Gilmore, and I'm paraphrasing here, basically says, you know, a lot of people take issue with how Mario Cristobal (laughs) handles endgame situations, but... This is his MO. This is how he always does it. And he pretty much just leaves it there. He doesn't him, He doesn't say no. He's just saying he does this on purpose. That's it. Yes, it's not a defense. A like, lot of people I think, think this sucks. But, but to be but, clear, but, it exists. But to be clear, it's consistent. Some like, of you may think this is an accident. It's not. You know, the thing about this restaurant is, Now, yes, you might hate this, but what you need to know is it's real. The health inspectors did shut down this IHOP, but they do that every month, and that's Ryan, important to know. Ryan, Ryan, Mario Cristobal's game management is a nuanced and complex issue, a controversial one with many sides. Like, to leave... Mostly to, the losing side. <laughs> to, 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 to leave two timeouts just sitting there. Where, so Rutgers, a team that like only exists to bleed clock away from you. Oh, fucking. It, it, it was really an impressive bowl season for Florida teams as a whole. USF is the only <laughs> FBS team. USF dominated, baby. The standard to, and, they, and they fucking destroyed Syracuse. Florida, flag, obviously not the bowl game. The flagship is them. a pirate ship. I can't believe Florida State wants to join that conference. Are y'all ready? I like. Hey man, you know what? South teams with South in front of the team uh, in front of the state did pretty well around the Gulf Coast generally because, as we've seen, the two major teams from Alabama, flaming disappointments in both of their games. <laughs> South Alabama wrecking shop. Oh man, bowl season has been just a delight this year. Just a real I'm having delight. a great time. Hey, remember that time when we were like, you know, if Florida State beats Georgia. They could make a claim for a national championship. What well, ended up happening is uh, they they didn't they didn't play Georgia. So. No, no, they did not. No. I, once again, I reiterate: Florida should claim a national title off this. Florida, Florida and, Flor- and Florida State no, as sorry, well. Sorry, Florida State. Florida, Florida State also. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
Um, As always, if 1941 Bama can claim, anyone can claim. We we do owe Georgia some sort of edible arrangement for knocking the national darling label off Florida State. That was an uncomfortable few days for everybody. Well, that's done. I, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate Kirby Smart putting up the biggest point uh, differential in a bowl game ever. And then going out to the podium and being like, we got to do something about these bowl games. You just feel terrible for the kids. Would you, My dude, would you, you're the one who pulled the tracker. Would you look at what college football has done to these student athletes? <laughs> you can't, He's you a real can't life see, Eric Andre. You can't see, but Jason Kirk is literally doing the Eric Andre meme, right? Who did this? Why would the NCAA do this? <laughs> The, the funny thing is, he's completely right. <laughs> he is right. He put in Will Muschamp's son. <laughs> what more could he have done to not score points than to I put a Muschamp do... in charge of the ball? Throwing to like Stephen yeah, like, Bennett's I, brother. We usually don't don't put much stock in awareness raising campaigns on this show, but that might have done it. Oh man. Yeah, like do you, do you want more Muschamp football, NCAA, or do you want to fix Whoa. your calendar? Kirby's like, I'm disgusted to score this many points. It's un-American. You Frankly, I'm embarrassed by how good I'm we are. In- I'm embarrassed by how bad Florida State is. Somebody needs to come and see something. It's just inexcusable that our team is this awesome. I respect anybody on the Florida State roster who went to the portal strictly to avoid this game. If they didn't even have an option and they were just like, no. (laughs) No. I'm actually coming back to Florida State in a month. I just didn't want to deal with this bullshit. (laughs) uh, Are are you turning pro? Uh, Nah. Ah, It's more of a trial separation. Yeah, no, (laughs) We're going to get back together. I mean, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, hang out at Dad's for a while on his couch. He's cool, yeah. And then I'm gonna come back to Florida State because uh, y'all have fun. Y'all enjoy that down there. I think I'm gonna and go now, play lacrosse. And, and now we're gonna get like, is there any point total that could have reached where Florida State fans wouldn't have said, "Well, that doesn't really count." Like that's that's the beauty of this. Is like at some some part of this has to count. Some part the of minute, this has to be real. The minute that they passed 17-3, where you could mm-hmm. have gone, oh, what a hard-fought defensive battle. Mm-hmm. The minute it went mm-hmm. above that into like 24-3, you're like, yep, nope, nope, you, your claim's gone. And yet, had a better time than Ohio State. Still had and why yet, threw for State? more passing yardage than <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy! Missouri's a really good team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, are you on? Are you? Are you on? You, place. you're on your thank you Missouri uh, shit I'm now, on, right? I'm on my thank you Missouri. Welcome back to the thank conference. You, thank you, Providence. Thank right? You, you were you were lost in the Big Twelve and various other conferences for so long, but you returned to your natural territory, the SEC, where obviously by quality you belonged all along, Missouri. We've Congratulations, <laughs> Eli. Yeah. <laughs> Eli Drinkwitz, a tolerable and not at all irritating presence within the league. Uh, a merit and a credit to everyone. Gro- just, no, gross, dude. Just stop. Yeah, Eli so- Drinkwitz to Columbus. Let's start this bandwagon now, baby. <laughs> so entering bowl season, we threw around at least one, I forget if multiple, like Big Ten East misery scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State had honestly an unbelievably bad bowl game. Penn State, not great, uh, and Michigan's favored to win national titles. So that is the state of your Big Ten East misery. But again, um, but again, Rutgers Michigan did right win. Now, Michigan, as of right now, could not possibly. I think Michigan and Rutgers they have a, they have an understanding. Um, <laughs> Rutgers is sort of tagging along. The standard but, bearers uh, of yeah, the in, division, it, yes. Oh. Yes, the two best teams in the Big Ten East are, are both. <laughs> 
and Maryland as well. So your your big three, your new big yep. three, let's say. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that the divisions are going away because now Ohio State and Penn State get to duck Rutgers in Maryland. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, at least UCLA will get a tour of, you know, <laughs> those football powers. Um, actually, all the all the former Pac-12 schools moving to the Big Ten get to do so off the strength of, like, a very strong bowl season. I'm excited to see who that extremely goes poorly for, because it's going to be at least one of them. Like, if there is anything we have learned about conference realignment in the last, you know, 15 or so years, there's going to be at least one... T- there's going to be at least... Ugh, I, I feel bad doing this because it's always Nebraska, but Nebraska's got to be you. There's, 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 there's going to be one Nebraska who's like, oh... Not only is this going to be good for us financially, but we are going to be really good here. We are going to, like, kick some ass here. And that probably isn't going to be true for somebody. And I'm looking at USC, and I'm really wondering if it's going Mm. to be you. Yeah. I think uh, it's the teams that at the quote-unquote top of the Big Ten West that uh, Mm -hmm. have the most worries about because uh, that was a wobbly structure for quite some time inflated the number of records over the years and that's that's done now that's just done now mm. Kirk, Kirk so. Ferentz in open water is amazing <laughs> you know how you can't take a lake barge out onto the ocean because the, the amplitude of the waves will crack the lake barge in half because it's too long that feels like Iowa in the open <laughs> water of the Big Ten like the vessel that once like was sailing to 10 games safely is now just going to snap in half they're going to go right back to like six wins. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hold on, I have an important update. Imaginable. This is a, this is a tweet from T- Ted Cruz as of thank God <laughs> uh, twenty minutes ago. <clears throat> to all the dishonest press hacks blaming me for the Longhorns' heartbreaking <laughs> loss. No okay, way. if you give me the wins I've cheered on too, which, oh, which, no. this There's is, There's no right. way he did the math on this. There's no way he has enough posters on staff. So he's got, here. It, here's, it, it turns, you'll see the turn quickly. Uh, Astros World Series 2017-22. Yep. The cheating one? The, the cheating mm-hmm. one, but, you know, whatever. The like the, those, one, those are things that happen and happen relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Seven consecutive Astros ALCS. I mean, decidedly awesome. less impressive. Awesome. But whatever. You're the 90s Braves. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, UT's 2006 Rose Bowl victory over USC. I don't believe he was there. 
And no. he wasn't Ted mm-hmm. Cruz at that point, so I don't think that one counts. Uh, no. A&M beating Alabama in 2021, a thing that definitely meant a ton for Texas A&M <laughs> that year and every year since. I, I bet he wasn't Who at several of and, and And the fifth bullet point, the Rockets' 94 finals win. Bullshit. What? What are oh you talking God. about? You know who convinced Jordan to go play baseball? <laughs> Theodore Cruz. Yeah, it's a good sport. A Texan politician arguing against math, you say. Mm-hmm. I, I am I'm just well, delighted. Well, I never. Fuck off, I, 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 You know what? The most Texas Remember thing. Remember that time he called a basketball hoop a basketball ring? Yeah. And he's trying I, to claim he swung a Rockets title? I really appreciate that in 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 defense of his Texas Longhornsness, Ted Cruz decided to be like, oh yeah, well what about that time Vince Young beat USC? Why are we not talking about that? Vince Young and me beat USC. <laughs> I did that. I love yeah, I do love uh, claiming this millennium's Texas sports victories, right? Like, mm-hmm. what a lineage you have to work mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. There's some Mavs. It, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's a Rockets fan, so he can't take credit for can't, any of the Mavs. Can't, cl- can't claim to have. Uh, can't claim Dirk as one of your one of your pupils. No. 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 Luca would the, drink him under the table. The defensive coordinator on that Texas team, by the way, was George Santos. So. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. He was good. He was good. He doesn't. He hasn't There's... actually mentioned in here, by the way, any other losses he may have attended. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> And the no. problem, and this is where I say again, this man doesn't have enough posters on his staff. Texas is full of them. Somebody's going to dig up the whole list. I know one he attended his wedding because Heidi took an L that day. Oh wow, hard one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I this, like. He, he, he how about to, uh, It was like Ted? A, he went to a Baylor Houston, a Baylor Houston game in gear for both teams. Did they tie on that day, Ted? Because one of those teams lost. He, that's that's the one where there's a picture of him drinking a Sam Adams, which is the saddest part of the picture. <laughs> I've done way too Lone much research. Sam this. Adams, the Lone Star. All right, so since Ted Cruz has dragged us back to the Texas Washington game, should we talk about the semifinals? Can I just say one Ooh. thing? Yeah, I think uh, longtime listener Mike uh, points out. Do you realize how good you have to be at football for your name to look exactly like penis and nobody mentions it anymore? <laughs> no nobody. one. No one. I didn't even. I didn't even see Texas fans bringing it up in the yeah. run up to this game. That's I true. have. I, I just wanted two notes on two different games, really briefly. One, congratulations to Memphis for continuing to prove Alex Kirshner to be completely wrong about. <laughs> The Memphis Bowl game was the emotional semifinal. Jesus. Hold on. Hold on while the spirit of Stephen Godfrey takes over Spencer Hall's body for a moment. (laughs) They are kindred. Uh, Especially uh, regarding the management of the team by Ryan Silverfield, who is obviously awesome and very good at his job, leading Memphis to a 10-3 record and a bowl win in the Liberty Bowl against Iowa State. Congratulations. Jesus, again, dropped the charges i would also like to congratulate uh penn state on rounding into form and delivering a (laughs) heretofore unanticipated unimaginable 11th win into the hands of not just old miss but 
Say it with me in the year 2024. Make it feel good. Lane Kiffin's triumphant Ole Miss team, a phrase that 10 years ago would have reduced you to tears of laughter. A very real thing. Did you guys see the Ninja Turtles meme last night? Mm-mm. Yes. I disagree with every characterization of every Ninja Turtle in there, but it's very funny. Yes, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, congratulations to the Ole Miss oh, <laughs> football. So, and, and, and as oh, a sign- and- at, announced later on, or sorry, Ryan, are you about to say the announcement? No, later? I was. I was going to say the other the other bit of Memphis trivia that we should acknowledge that they're part of. Uh, congrats to Missouri for uh, be- being state champions of Tennessee this year, having beaten Middle Tennessee, Memphis, Vanderbilt, and the University of Tennessee. You can't dent my citrus ball high. I apologize. <laughs> you get all the pig's feet. All the pickled pig feet are yours. In any of the convenience stores or gas stations, you can just walk right in, put your bare hand in the jar and take one. Get back across the river to your VH porn. Mm-hmm. You get a whole shipping container full of Zins, buddy. Just stuff them in that lip and keep on driving. For men. Uh, I... Sorry, Holly, what, did, what were you going to... Uh, there was an announcement of uh, some sort? Uh, I believe Jackson Dart has announced his intent to return. Mm, okay. Yes, as... He is described by a certain wing of the Ole Miss fan base. Their scumbag quarterback is returning. Uh, thanks thanks to James Franklin for, again, mustering a somewhat game for about 10 minutes and then ultimately futile performance by punting when they shouldn't and watching Ole Miss pull away from them with a conservative, overmatched, and unimaginative offense. I'm sure... Should we go to Ole Miss at I'm LSU sure that'll change year? with a different coordinator. Yes, yes okay. we should. All right, Ole Miss let's what? at LSU next year. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's either that or Old Miss at Wake Forest. So absolutely not. There's fences there. We won't get, get in. You can stay at my house though. <laughs> Come stay at my house. Sleepover. <laughs> slumber party. The full cast sleepover sponsored no, by Michael Ring right Server. He's right. Don't come to Wake Forest, <laughs> wake forest football. Don't come here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do something else. It's small. Check out our tunnels. All right, which semifinals do y'all want to talk about first? Ba- Bama. I think I think I found a lot of They didn't yeah. even win. I want to talk about. Yeah, I, yeah that's why I want to talk really, about him, Ryan. I'm glad we buried this this deep in the episode because we, uh, Jason and Spencer and I, kind of looked at each other last night, and as this was as this game was winding down and real, uh, well, you know, after it wound down in with a tick tick boom, and realize that we have run out of cute ways to do lol bama lost episodes because mm-hmm. we've had to do so very many of them over the last couple of years mm-hmm. it's not the head it. it's not the headline it's not the headline anymore we've been recording for 48 minutes and here yeah, we are like, it's like oh the four seed lost mm. okay. they didn't cover oh okay Tra-la. yeah when you don't play a football game for a month and you were already having issues with how to ba- perform basic tasks of footballing Turns out you don't get much better at them. I know people are they always say, oh, bowl practices do a lot of good. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of steak dinners and a lot of hanging out in between that happens that sort of, I think, dilutes a lot of that effect. It's better for the younger players, not your established starters. Bama looked super sloppy. And dear God, I do not understand what the hell either Tommy Reese or Jalen Milrow was doing the entire time. That offensive line was very confused. Never, ever, ever got less confused. Jalen Milrow, I rewatched the game today uh, in writing something for Channel 6. I will tell y'all, if there, if danger is here at 12 o'clock and he is at 6 o'clock, Jalen Milrow is not going to drift he's, to 3 or 6. He's backing it up. 
He's is, going is to head drifting. Is drifting into coverage a thing? <laughs> Somehow Milro was drifting it kind into of... sacks coverage and fumbles. Like he drifted it into. It looked like a battleship board setting itself up. There is I love one my play... heat seeking quarterback. <laughs> yeah. What he's you know? A, what he's not afraid of contact. Not afraid of contact. He's just gonna. He's gonna take on three, four, five defenders at a time. Sometimes just baffling decisions. At one point in the game, I think he'd had six dropbacks and five sacks. That was pretty early on, but I don't think those numbers improved. No, I don't. I, I don't. It felt don't, like that. Yeah, I don't think that's right, but I agree that it's spiritually accurate. It was at one point, and I don't think it. Yeah, like they were awful, and the plan was bad because Tommy Reese was like, "Oh, an empty set with Jalen Milrow where he gets sacked or runs around and does nothing. I'm gonna call about eight more of those." <laughs> I mean, I thought it, it was it, good that they had some personal growth here by running Milrow straightening over match line and not their kicker, though. So we have to <laughs> some credit here. Yeah, are picking the right holder. personnel. Great call. Bad idea. Yeah, that's right. I just the like so the team that was the better team for three months was also the better team for three hours. That's that's crazy. They tried um, very uh, hard not to be though. Michigan looked like shit, but not as shitty <laughs> as Bama. <laughs> yeah, but Michigan's whole thing is this. They made mistakes. They were like, fuck it, next play. They would make a right. bigger mistake, and they were like, whatever, they would make fuck it, next play. Michigan, Michigan would make a new mistake. They, like, yeah. they did one of, they one had, of each special team blunder. Mm-hmm. They had the, probably the most block in the back I have ever seen, and then that kid made the most spectacular <laughs> catch you've ever seen like yes. two plays later. It was yes. like, what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike Samer still had two or three of the most embarrassing plays of his career in the game, and on the next snap, he was like, nope, lock down this receiver. Got it. Filled this run. Thing. Mike Samerstill, who was the guy who was matched up, I believe, um, not against Marvin Harrison Jr., but against Jackson Smith and Jigba in the game last year um, or, or two years ago. I can't remember. He, he was fantastic. And he was a converted. He was converted thought, from offense. Scared. I thought you were saying he was still in school. So don't tear. No, but but he had one of the worst, like worst two or three plays I've ever seen on film. And he's completely unflappable. Michigan missed a field goal late. Totally unflappable. JJ McCarthy. Michigan missed a field goal late after getting gifted excellent field position yeah. from a fumble recovery. Yeah. Like, like I think if the position had been reversed and Michigan center started like spraying the ball all over the place on shotgun snaps, I think JJ McCarthy would have caught it and thrown a TD. They're just something like mentally they are different in that they're like, awesome. We just made a terrible mistake. Let's see what we can do on the next one. Oh, shanked a punt? Awesome. Like they they are deeply unflappable on a level that is like almost psychotic. It is the most Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh team I have ever seen in I, my life. I think I think a lot of that is because the defense is so good and the defense the defense really did not fuck up that much. Like the longest drives of the night for Alabama were 55 and 52 yards. They Alabama really only scored because they have a fucking boomstick of a field goal kicker or because they got good field position like there was not there was not a point where it was like oh michigan on a sustained basis cannot stop the alabama offense there were little spurts where it would happen and then they would shut them down and force them to kick a field goal or something like that like uh, yeah the, like the offense was a massive drive. yes the the offense was highly inconsistent and special teams was a mess but like Going back and looking at it, it's like, oh, the defense was like, really didn't, re- really did more than pull its weight in this game. Oh, especially the defensive line. Like they had, they had Alabama baffled. 
the entire game never really adjusted the only protections that they were really able to run were based on like a late run threat that Bama really didn't get to develop because they were so dominant up front on the final play and um follow my sentence here i know everyone wants to criticize that last play but uh they should it was a terrible call especially given what they were seeing alabama's right tackle got thrown into jalen milrow on that last play by an undersized defensive end for Michigan. I, I think the most impressive thing Michigan did, at least in terms of like a stand, was Alabama's last drive of the game. Because it completely felt like Alabama was going to get the ball back. They had already kicked up two 50-yard 50, 50 field goals. It was like, oh, this is what's going to happen. They have a minute and a half left. They have, I think, two timeouts at that point. They're going to drive down. They're not going to be able to just like easily score a touchdown, but they're going to kick the game winner and that's going to be the way this game ends. And the fact that they just allowed them nothing, and to your point, Tommy Reese still really didn't have a good enough plan for, like, this is what we are doing on what should be a what, uh, what should be a pull-out-all-the-stops drive. Yeah, they, they kicked a lot of ass on defense last night. Tremendous amount of ass, particularly their ends, who destroyed that last play single-handedly like i don't even i think you can say that was a bad call because not but just because well it didn't work no 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 given the kind of pressure they had seen from those ends and from the line overall counting on them to overrush seemed like a dumb bet versus they're just going to blow up the block and completely end up in the backfield no matter what you do you know also i i love that michigan Wade, like they did the Derek Lewis thing. I don't know if you've ever seen Derek Lewis fight in UFC. He'll go like like two or three rounds and he'll look terrible. And you're like, where's the big right hook? Where's the big right hook? And at one point late in the fight, when it looks like he's about to get his ass completely beat and get tapped out, there comes the right hook and he knocks the dude out. Michigan went back to Corum for the like crucial last two rushing plays, scored, shoved Bama off the field. Um, yeah, Jason's right. The team that was better for the last three months, when it counted, they were the better team last night. Floyd, what were you going to say? Oh, they're the, the last two plays there, Bam, or not Bama, Michigan has kind of a mini fridge guy, Mason Graham, who he yeah. broke through the line on, I think, a sweep and broke up that play before the final play. And it was just like, oh, the Michigan can cave this line in with dudes that look like mini fridges that just run into you. <laughs> they got so a lot pleasant. of – they do. They got a lot of appliances. They have like kegerators on the line where it's just like here yeah. they come. Um for I just I just real quick, I, I I have just still I have big concerns about Michigan's strength of schedule. I just <laughs> I, I just <laughs> really I think they're they're just not legit because you know they they played uh they didn't they didn't play a, a tough ACC team I mean or after, whatever after you watch two. what Ohio State and Penn State did in bowl season you have to downgrade the schedule <laughs> even further really I just I I mean you you got to discount what they did for the first few weeks because of the sign stealing so I really I'm not convinced <laughs> yet. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it those is, things are very important. It is it is admittedly it it's not necessarily relevant, but it's very funny to me that Michigan could win a national title with Jim Harbaugh only coaching the team for nine games. <laughs> It's a huge victory for the gig worker. Economy. That's right. Jim Harbaugh is quite quitting on Michigan. I love this man's work-life balance. <laughs> If you'd looked at this just on paper, oh. you'd be like, "Well, oh, did he die mid-season? Oh, God, that's so tragic. But like, nope, still nope. there. Nope. 
No, he's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, also, too, DMP what about weird? Any... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Boris Dia got a couple of those in the other day. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Yeah. It replaces freckles, I think. It's our... right, yeah. Um, also, for anybody who would uh, dare to suggest that sign stealing had anything with what happened last night, what about intelligence or knowing anything had anything to do with that game you watched last night? There was a whole lot of not knowing. That was that was easily the most brainless football game I've watched at a high level in a real long time, and that's not a complaint. I think Michigan's defense is going to call the nine guys storming straight up the middle play. <laughs> the winning play for Michigan was on one end, headbutt, and on the other one, it was smash. J.J. McCarthy saw something, and that's why he called tipped ball that turns into huge pass play. <laughs> that's why he called wild scramble thrown two yards out of bounds that the receiver somehow brings in for a first down. Remember when J.J. McCarthy threw a pick on the first play of the game, but it didn't count? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he just that hit ball was getting the that out of your system. All game. Yes, he was just yes. like, how did it get better? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, tone yeah, like this is an intellectual football team. My ass! <laughs> 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 this is a team. This is a team, by the way, that in terms of co- successfully completing accurately executed football tasks, is at like a seventy-one and not feeling real good. I don't know if I'm going to pass this class. <laughs> Guess what? Your opponent failed. They you got a to- sixty-eight. You want me to kick the ball? Can't yeah. do that. But you want me to pick up someone were, and slam them on the they, ground? On it. Punt, on. Their, their punt returner dropped the ball. He muffed the punt. <laughs> and they replaced him and the other dude muffed it. They put in the specialist. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, no, this guy's yeah. fucked. He doesn't have it either. Who is the – Georgia had Georgia had a famous uh, punt catcher Hudson for a few Mason. years. Hudson Mason. Yes, yes. Michigan put in their Hudson Mason, and he caught the, he caught the whoopsies that it infected the entire team and they're like god damn it now we gotta punch him even harder man it would have i i i'm 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 fine with how this game ended if they had lost that game on a fumbled on a muffed punt safety that would have been the funniest shit possible and it would have cemented alabama as the as the as the the most auburn team in alabama history this Uh, have you ever finished the month with like three bucks left in your bank account that was michigan last night (laughs) (laughs) right they're like did all the checks clear fuck okay god Three really heavy bucks, though. Mm. Yeah, three quality dollars. You know, who got it better than me? (laughs) No one. Going to Taco Bell. Getting a dinner. Who lived most than me? (laughs) I say this with all all affection and all credit awarded. Do you know how good a football team you have to be to play that ass and still win? Oh, yeah. It's it's the Dolly Dolly Parton quote. It takes a lot of money to look this cheap. It's the shit we used to say about Bama when they would sleepwalk early. Yeah. Yeah. Give Michigan a normal game's worth of bullshit, and they win this by, what, 14 in, in regulation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In- instead, man, they had to instead like they had to do all that bullshit they had to do last night, <laughs> but they still won. It was amazing. Awesome. And- we get to play more football. <laughs> <laughs> they played that whole game and they were like, we more. <laughs> I love this team. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that because that's the affectionate uh i can take some of the nervousness from watching that game and go whoo i don't feel any anxiety 
if I talk about the next game, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still kind of fucked up by it. I'm still kind of unnerved by everything that happened in the Washington-Texas game. A great football game, but with an ending that honestly is like the uncut gems of it was, playoff finishes. It was, it was just a weirdly paced whole situation. Like We, we, we got to watch the, the Michigan game with Michigan fans, which placed a certain level of involvement and then it was like okay here comes the come down and if your come down is washington texas <laughs> you're not prepared for the I experience mean, that you're floyd <laughs> floyd floyd put it floyd put it best floyd what did you say uh coming out of the rose bowl oh we were gonna have a whiplash because you're yeah. going from just man ball where you're <laughs> slamming into each other to two teams that like hair on fire ball going everywhere in every direction and like that game started with a Texas punt, and then it was like, "Oh, it's on!" Like right mm-hmm. after that, it just was like, "Let's go." Now we had a we had a basement full of Michigan fans, and I distinctly remember someone, maybe me, I don't know, saying as as the Washington Texas game was in its early minutes, you know, "Oh man, this is so relaxing. We know exactly what's going to happen." <laughs> uh, I it, don't... it was the sense that like, okay, here comes the fun game after all that. Yeah, yeah, stuff. here comes here comes our cool down to the pop song. But (laughs) it never quite and and it never like nothing about this game really made sense in continuity. And and the ending made sense because you go, oh, yeah, Washington, you know, look, time time out real quick. Yeah. Lest we think we are complaining. This is the most fun pairing of semifinal. This this is the most I have ever enjoyed a pair of semifinal games. Like just just in aggregate. I don't know. This was a style pretty fights one. Last year was good. But this one just I I said this to Jason, I think, like coming out of last week, like, wouldn't it be funny if after the chalky chalk chalk season we have we ended up with this like relatively like whimsical pairing in the title game. well part of part of what made i think both of these so entertaining is that it was you have four very good teams who still can do some really dumb shit yes like nobody and that makes them, that makes them relatable that makes yes. them like us yes like <laughs> nobody who I really see myself out there. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan was probably the team that was closest to the the old Alabama, more recently Georgia archetype of like we just play perfect football, and and you're just going to have to sit there and be smothered by it. Like that that was their archetype over the course. Or of they'd the like year. us to think that, and then look what they turned up with. Right, right, yeah. and and the fact that they didn't sort of open things up for everybody else, but like when Michigan is Auburn, shit has gone off the rails. Yes, yes, oh, yes. That really does put it in perspective. Well, yeah. I think the difference—the difference between these two—I think both extremely enjoyable, entertaining football games—is this: in the first one, the the sort of events that happened were standard football events that largely were like, okay, that's within the course of a rational coach's expectation of what should happen in a like, let's play defense, run the ball, let's weigh our probabilities, and come out mostly on the conservative, sensible side of things. On the other end. There are two guys who built spaceships you have to pilot with your dicks. Like I don't Oh, this was like, like watch this was like watching a magic competition in oh, a theater that was burning down. No, and, and no one's no one's no, panicking. No, right? no, that's the way it's supposed to be. No, no, Holy. Talking about this. this is a bunch of guys confronted with having to land a commercial airliner. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could easily do it. <laughs> yeah. But this is your captain guys... Steve Sarkeesian speaking. <laughs> I've got Wikipedia on my phone. Get, I could do yeah. it. You guys who both know how to get the plane in the air. Hmm. And then it turns like, out I don't have cell service. This could be a problem. <laughs> See, it was a PDF on my phone, but I don't have cell service on the landing part. So. It turns out. I mean, it, how hard could it be? It's one direction down. 
It's true. Like, in, in airport that way. And the longer things went, the less sense they made. At the half, yes. Michael Penix had like 255 yards passing and was automatic on every single completion. And, and the game think, was tied at that point? Yeah, yeah. You're like, right? oh, man, Washington's got this. Yes. They're smoking them. And you're like, 21-21. Yep, yep. <laughs> And on the other hand, in the second half, it was like, oh, man, Texas is really leaning them on, on the defensive line. And, like, the offense is coming alive. And you're like, what's the score? 34-20. The worst Washington look. They get two long passes. They get up by two scores. It Why? did It did have the feel of, like, an old NCAA game where you'd sim it and you'd go back and look at the stats. And you'd be like, what the this, fuck? The team that ran for 500 is... yards only scored six points? Yeah. None of this adds up. It literally doesn't add up. <laughs> No, a- absolutely none of this adds up. Um, like, if you look at the actual, like, oh, okay, were these two evenly matched teams? Yeah, it didn't feel like it for long stretches of this game at all. I watched Washington ram into that beefy God, line over is... and over again, and I thought, man, they got, like, 20 yards rushing. They did rush for 100 yards. I still don't really know how, but they did. It, the <sighs> There were a lot of points in this game where it was you kind of wanted to take Washington and be like, hi, you're watching what Michael Penix is doing on these other plays, right? Is there a reason why you'd want to stop doing that cool shit? You're the little team. They're the big team. <laughs> Do you little team run, shit. You should run around them. <laughs> this was... I, I really didn't that have... That dog that comes up to a police horse It's like, that dog is almost as big as... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I think we can pull in these guys. No, 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 no. Go around them. They're fat and tired. Um, I didn't I wasn't really like that until uh the 34-21 point when Washington with a 34-21 lead and 12 minutes and 39 seconds left in this game decided that the way to manage this game, and I knew it was coming. I did. I've watched a lot of Washington this year, and I know once you get into the fourth quarter, the notion of game management is We'll just keep doing everything we were doing in the first three quarters. It's a little air raidy, but with a special degree of lunacy, because I know that Kalen DeBoer, when you're like, hey, it's third and one, what do you call? You're like, yeah, we're going to do a triple option with a reverse pitch off of it, and we're going to make sure that there's a tag in case we need audible to a slant. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have Penix running a counter. Like, that's that's just what they do. And I knew it was coming and it still didn't help because with 12 minutes and 39 seconds left, Washington throws three straight passes. They do exactly what you said they should do, right? Like quit trying to run at them. You should throw it. They throw three straight incompletions. They punt. And then Texas begins their slow comeback. They have a touchdown drive. Uh, Washington responds with a field goal and you're like, okay, now you're up by nine. But even, even on the field goal drive, it was like they, they, threw the ball to get down into field goal range and then they were like well okay i guess we're supposed to do the responsible thing and run the ball so we force texas to burn some timeouts and then on third down they're like oh but passing is fucking cool let's do that (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) i kind of understand the decision paralysis i'm so bored (laughs) right well yeah (laughs) they totally have arena ball brain where they're like just get ball back ball back give me ball give me ball (laughs) You're like, well, shouldn't you just run or, you know, maybe. What if you had a vegetable? When candy is good. (laughs) More candy. Wait, okay. I ate a vegetable. Youngest at 1230. Yeah. I ate a vegetable. I ate a vegetable. More candy. (laughs) 
and I get it. They will go for the kill shot because mindless aggression has gotten them to this point, and it's not sure. even that mindless when the aggression is going to guys like Roma Dunze, who was thrown at seven times last night, or no, he was thrown at six times and had five completions. I think it was their their top three receivers had twenty targets and nineteen catches. Was that yeah, it? with one top, pi? Top four receivers, yeah, top and four. three touchdowns. Yeah. Good God! Yeah. So why not? Right? Like that makes sense. And then it didn't work, and I was like, okay, now there's some sort of malign Zinchian force behind this who's just going to make this <laughs> the most fucked up end game. I, I tweeted out something about, ha, 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 watch Washington try to run this clock out, and the game didn't end for another 44 minutes. That's how long, <laughs> it took. That's how long this took. And at one point, it was fatigue that was making things bad, where you go, oh, but then the terror crept in where you go, oh, no, you guys are fucking up, and Texas might actually come back on this. And nothing solidified that, you know, that sort of external malign force conducting, you know, serious business at the end of this game more than Dylan Johnson getting injured and then the clock stopping. Let's let's back up exactly what happened there. So Washington has the ball after recovering an onside kick by Texas with about a minute to play. Texas at that point, I think, has two timeouts, if memory serves. Uh Uh-huh. They run the ball with Dylan Johnson twice um, for, like, I don't know, two or three-yard gains. Something, not nothing. Texas, Texas, Texas is trying to force a fumble the whole time as well. So, like, that specter is looming over here of, like, you're going to fuck this up. And so they're at third and five at this point. And they're going to run the ball again because if they can success – if they can just, like, get the ball snapped – whether or not they get a first down, they can run the clock down to, what is it, about like 20 seconds 20, or so? I think it was 20, yeah. And at that point, they call another run play to try to pick up a first down, because obviously a first down wins you the game. But at that point, knowing that Texas is going to need a touchdown to win, a field goal does nothing for them, that you're going to, even with a terrible punt, even potentially with a blocked punt, you're going to give them tricky field position. Like... I, I am baffled why they didn't just take a knee there or why they didn't just like do a, a, a have have Michael Penix run around in the backfield to like kill 10 seconds and then go down. Because this candy. is not what they do. Candy. This is yeah. not what they do. Yeah. I am surprised. And actually, if they were going to be like they were, what they would do is just call a one on one solo shot to Roma Dunes. I would have preferred that. I would have yeah, preferred like, that, frankly. That's who they are. They have a play where it's just like, go do something, and that's how they win ball games. Yes, and and I think that would have felt more true to, like, the, their spirit or whatever, but, like, to I watch... The reason, yeah. the reason you're running Dylan there is because you think you're going to get a first down off of it. But it's but it's trying to be cute in it's trying to split the middle is the problem. Is it's trying right. to say like we need, right. we want to keep running the clock. We're not we're scared of the risk of stopping the clock. But we also want to move the chains and just end this end the like and I think you kind of have to pick one or the other because even oh, con- oh, contrary, right? yeah, I mean, <laughs> paid professional Kalen DeVore disagrees, and and doing all of this with like a Dylan Johnson who, and, and all game they've been talking about how he's been fighting off an injury and how he's been you know sort of like gritting it out through this, and I'm just like, God damn, I haven't seen a report on what how he's looking. I know he got carted off at the end of the game, but I'm just like, that just ugh. That that really sticks in my teeth in a very unpleasant way. 
On the other hand, what you're going to get in the national title game now is Washington with absolutely no running game. Yes. And it's going to be amazing. It's, it's going to be an NFL blitz offense. <laughs> they don't have another run. They have a couple right. running backs, but they don't really do anything. And so it's going to be those four receivers and their tight end that you see a lot of. Can, can Bucky Irving just transfer or something for one game? <laughs> one game. I think we should. I think we should establish a loan program. Mm-hmm. Like that's that would be if we can get players on loan. Bucky Irving and his uh, drifting Schwervy running style would be beautiful <laughs> with that offensive line. On the final play of the game, I do want to say that we were right about something, which is that the the Washington defense continues to be the Muppet Band because they let Texas get all the way down to the Washington 13-yard line with about 10 seconds left. And the Washington defense, after laying them all the way down there, was like, oh, Kermit, sorry, man. <laughs> oh, the drive before that was that way too, where yeah, it was sort yeah. of like, well, uh, Texas has to score twice here, and like, like they they did enough to force them to kick a field goal because that was strategically wise. But man, the yeah, bend- Elijah, Elijah Johnson made that last play, and nobody was more surprised than a Washington fan. <laughs> running up the field, and even his coach is like, "Do you know what you just did?" Yeah, I don't right. think he did. Right? No, right. he defended the fade perfectly against Ad Mitchell, who is a better player than him, who was an outstanding wide receiver who had already caught that same pattern for a TD earlier in the game, and he swatted it away like it was someone else's hand on the end of his arm. Like, what? Oh, what? 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 Um, Washington's defense is basically any comic book movie any dc comic book movie where they're like yeah superman exists but like we can't just have him the whole time he can only come in to like save the day once we gotta make the regular dudes just fucking struggle for two hours first and then superman can save the day that's fine it's like the first yeah the first half of every washington game is like as you know superman is detained Superman, has, know, Superman the, has kryptonite diarrhea right now, and so he can't be here. <laughs> of course, Kirk Herbstreit, as you know, Superman is dealing with the problems. No one, Superman's phone has been deactivated, so we can't reach him. Oh, look, here comes Superman on for the goal. Oh, shit, Superman's off break. <laughs> You guys have seen Michael Penix like watch these close games from the sideline, right? It's a team where the offense offense always wants like they want to close the game with the offense on the field, and Michael Penix being Superman is like Clark Kent. I'm going to go throw up in the bathroom now. (laughs) I'm going to go in this phone booth and wish for death. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even look at these people. It's like a kind of thing where he's like, I, 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 uh, you know. The victory. It's like the end of that one Spider-Man movie where the the regular New Yorkers win it by like throwing garbage. That's why <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man did everything he could. Where all throw some shit. We're we're New York, the most old Miss city in the world. <laughs> that's my secret. I'm occasionally mad in a timely fashion. It's that that's Washington defense Hulk, right? When do you show up? Only at the last minute. <laughs> And only when I'm needed. They are the Muppet Emergency Band, right? Like, oh, sorry, Kermit. <laughs> Here's a turnover. This entire Washington team reminds me of uh, Spencer playing craps, where you're sitting at the table and they're just kind of spra- <laughs> there's no strategy. You're just spraying, and then people are like, "But he keeps winning. Is does right. he actually know what he's doing?" Yet? Right. And right. at this point, like Washington has an mo, and they're all afraid of winning these close games, and it's a terrifying experience. <laughs> But they keep winning, and so it's like, this isn't luck anymore, is it? No, 
No, this is who they are. And if and, and if we get into this game uh, next week, and it's Washington versus Michigan, and Washington is leading by 21 with nine minutes to go, the final score is going to be one team by four points or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this, there's just, it's not going to end like that. On a certain level, and don't take this the wrong way and run with it, it's... Um, it reminds me a bit of last year's title game in that we have one team that's they, they're going to do one thing and they're going to do it really well. Then we have another team that every single fucking week, I don't know how in the world they win, but they did, right? That's what we saw at a TCU last year. There's, there's Obviously, there are differences and there are reasons to believe in Washington that we didn't quite have with TCU last year. Um, better quarterback, for instance, uh, you know. It's just interesting that we're getting a, a version of that game, but we're also getting one that where I could see the, uh, the the wacky ball nonsense team coming out with the win. This game's going to make Jim Harbaugh extremely mad no matter what happens. It's one of those games where he plays football by a set of rules and is like very old school football. And then Kalen DeBoer is just going to like draw outside the lines and it's going to make him so mad for the entire game. This is a matchup of two coaches who are polar opposites in terms of presented mo and actual mo jim harbaugh coming up like hey how you guys doing you're like oh that guy's insane he probably throws the ball all over the place and calls like double reverses in key situations and then on the other side there's kaylin DeBoer who's like hello everyone hi i'm kaylin DeBoer." and you're like oh what a sober mind and then you watch his <laughs> offenses and you go jesus christ it it's not a perfect match but to me it feels like a lot of what Michigan has had to deal with over the last couple of years with Ohio State, where you're like, okay, we have multiple NFL receivers we have to account for. And the other difference here is going to be like, Michael Penix is better than what Ohio State had at quarterback. I, like, CJ Stroud is Almost probably, always. yeah, yeah, CJ Stroud is, is pr- maybe a closer comparison for sure. Um, and the offensive line, I don't know, like, Ohio State's offensive line was kind of all over the place at points this season and Washington's was kind of all over the place in this game in good and bad ways but there is maybe there is a comfort to that of like we know what it is to prep for that game we know what it is to prep for this is a team where we have extremely dangerous weapons that we have to account for on this side of the ball and we know what we have to do and, and, and so you already have some like muscle memory and some strategy built in for like, well, this is how we handle that attack. That doesn't mean it will work, but it's and not a, for, a completely new problem, at least. For Washington, you have, well, we, we beat Dan Lanning all the time, and we just, <laughs> we just withstood Texas's various fat guys. So, like, there's a little bit of familiarity <laughs> for both sides. Sure. Yeah. They're, yes. They're yes. like, mm, we are fat guy conditioned in a number of ways. I know how Harbaugh is going to open the game, by the way, when he's on the mic. He's going to be like, hey, first I just wanted to wish everybody a happy Golden Globes Day. That was last night. I'm glad you all made it. Congratulations to Killers of the Flower Moon, because remember, the first thing Jim Harbaugh has to do is tell everyone Happy New Year or address whatever holiday had just happened, because he did that twice. Well, the other thing Washington, I would say, that has going for them is that going into the Rose Bowl, one of the questions was sort of like, is Bama going to be able to hit these big pass plays that Jalen Milrow has excelled at in the back half of the year? A lot of those big pass plays are not necessarily like it's first and 10, and this is a thing we're trying to do. It's much more like the Auburn fourth and 31 is, you know, the most extreme example of it, but it's much more, oh God, we have to hit something now, we're in trouble. They didn't do any of that against Michigan, and I think that's partially because, like, 
they weren't particularly eager to make that happen. But Washington not only can do that, they want to. Like, Washington is going to want to come out and try to push the ball vertically as often as they can reasonably get away with. Like, I I think there will be an aggression to Washington on offense that was just probably never going to be there. Like, yeah, I don't think Tommy Reese is great. And Dude, I, I think don't Jim, think I don't think that, has limitations, but I mean, I think you're right, but I don't think that degree of aggression exists anywhere. Like, I think this is unique. sure. I think this is like, this is 2019 LSU unique in terms of the level of pressure that you're going to face off them. And I think that's something that like, we talk a so, lot. I mean, about, te- Texas is the other team that kind of likes to do this. And Texas did that a fair bit too. It's a they little did. bit, it takes a little bit of a different form, but yeah, you're right. Washington. They did, is but like, like, in in, like I think we've underestimated the extremity of this because I think people for one reason or another have them confused for an offensive first team with a sieve of a defense a la any air raid team that manages to get to nine or 10 wins. And I think it is fundamentally different than that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about complementary football in this like glowing way for low scoring offenses with piss poor strategy and no talent <laughs> development and outstanding defenses. Like it's not a bad thing. Like it's not a millstone you wear around your neck <laughs> and a cheat code in order to go ahead. Hey, look, that's insensitive to the coming. slaves of Pompeii. Right. That it, 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 I'm sorry. The complex and nuanced lives <laughs> of the slaves of Pompeii, Thank Ryan. Um, but but that's not what this like. We don't talk about complementary football the other way, which is this: that you have a defense that has learned to play opportunistic, timely football in concordance with this offense that is just like nuke intense, railgun accurate capable of dismantling defenses in ways that I don't think are unique to this year, but are unique to this era. I think that they are like a four to five year unique once in a wave kind of team in terms of the depth of the threats that they present. Um, in, like not just like last night, by the way, they trotted out their tight end who, who's not really a consistent part of that pass offense. Last night they were like, Oh, he's a problem too. Like Here, yeah. here's nine targets for this dude. Here's nine targets. For this dude. I know you yeah. didn't game plan for yeah. and he was open. Yeah. He was a in yeah, he was a bucket. He was a problem. <laughs> like that's that's different, man. You are fucking different when you can do that. And like, I think that's that's where they're at. The one the one part of the strength of schedule thing that Jason mentioned that I it, it is interesting. I don't know if it means anything. I'm not smart. I have a hard like who is the best quarterback that Michigan faced? before the national championship game, who is like the scariest quarterback that they face purely from a puts the ball where it needs to be throwing perspective. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not a good list. It's Are just going, not a good uh, list. Tongue of I guess. Maybe. That's what they'll say. Like, and, and I think they will say that this week. They'll go, oh, tell you, you know, tell you Tiger Valoa. Like that, that, that to me is the biggest distinction between the TCU comparison to last year is like Max Dugan had a really fun last year, got to be a Heisman finalist, but at no point was it like, Oh man, the fucking sharpshooter is here. Like, look out. <laughs> and, and it's, 
Go ahead. It's a combination of Michael Penix and the wide receivers yes, that he yes, has that are yeah. serious. Like there's probably four serious pro talents that he has to throw to, and it becomes like playing seven on seven. And he can if put can't get pressure. And he can put it on them in the perfect like he can get them the ball. They don't have to make these like crazy acrobatic throws, like catches rather. He can just put the ball where it needs to be. And in situations where like a lot of those completions Texas was in good coverage. You didn't look at it and say like, no. "Oh man, you know, it's Dude, like that, there's this one ball to Wadunze that I actually like like just yelled out fuck when it landed. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it is positioned over the shoulder in the hands directly over the outstretched hand of a yes. perfectly positioned DB and it did not matter. Honestly, the dude who was guarding Odunze last night didn't do a bad job. I really don't think he did. That was the job that he had, and I think that's about as well as you can do as a relatively normal, high-level college football talent. Also, shouts out to him for finally deciding to just yank him down. Just P.I. Just get the, a, a yep. professional-grade P.I. I think when they look at that game tape and they go, how did you develop? How did you mature during this game? <laughs> he can be like, do you see this part where I just yanked his ass? Here, that's Oh, exactly. yeah, he's getting a plus grade for that play. <laughs> Coaches, yep, plus, plus Coach move like, Check, love it, great. Situational awareness. Yeah, you get a passing grade for your coverage of Roma Dunze where he absolutely fried you because that's what he does to mortals in the year 2023-2024. I I think the closest comparison that Michigan has faced are the good Ohio State teams that they have faced with actual credible passing threats, and I think it's very capable of that secondary to go ahead and hang in those games and still get pressure. So sure. Like, I think we're at another coin flip. Like I looked at both of these, both of these games coming in and they both felt like coin flips in different ways. One of them was in Alabama and Michigan's case, one where you go, I see either team winning by a point or a score. And then in Texas and Washington's, which I was incorrect about, I thought, well, one team might lose by 30 or the other team might lose by 30. It just felt like that kind of game. Um, I have no clue what's going to happen to this, but I would default um, to, Jason's line of thinking that, hmm, well, the team that's managed to handle everything that's been thrown at them, right, in various ways uh, my, over the past three months might continue to be the better team because... Isn't that both of them, though? Technically. It, like, technic- in a weird way, isn't that both of them? It's just what, what, different in what it's manifesting. One, one of them very about, much and one of them barely. <laughs> how about this? I don't know if it's math. I, I, I don't know if it's mathematically true, but it has definitely been narratively the case for both of them. Yeah, we've gone on this season. If I bet on death and taxes football, though, and death and taxes football is uh, <laughs> is the 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 and exclude the last game's results because they are devastating to my case. Um, punt, kick, defense, uh, sorrow. Like if we bet on all four of those and the run game, right? If we bet yes, on all four of yeah. those and gravity to kick in, then obviously the clear bet is Michigan there. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I just, I, I guess, I look at uh, the the four primary units in this game. I think you have the country's best uh, offense and the country's best defense. Um, on the other side of the ball, I think Michigan has a clear advantage. Michigan's uh, offense against Washington's defense doesn't mean Washington's defense is bad. It's not fraudulent. It's you know, it's uh, it does what it has to. But uh, yeah, I feel like Michigan. Uh, it, they're going to want to hold the ball a lot, and they're probably going to be able to. And it might not matter because I can see a way Washington. Because like, Washington might blast. score every ten seconds. I anyway. see Washington <laughs> just blasting their way out of that. Like it's an the, awesome game. This is not my way of saying. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't. But like, I don't really care. 
I think the outcome either way could be absolutely fascinating. And also, that's I the think the best approach to take to all of this, though, that's like that's kind of what we're trying to steer everybody towards, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah. Uh, also, I think your Not first try and put a bow on this, yeah. But your first quarter of results, like if Michigan comes out and suplexes washington for the first quarter i will tell you i don't think that means anything right right no not if not if they can make up four touchdowns and right because this is the view washington is not fucking scared of anything no yeah. we know that is, they okay. tried to fight the texas fans after yes. the game like they were up in the stands but they wanted to fight everyone they were done with the team and we're like let's get some fans i'm really glad you said this because last night we were i can't remember exactly spencer i think it was you i can't remember exactly how you put it yesterday but uh Kalen DeBoer is it's not it's not that he doesn't it's not just that he doesn't rattle but you know at the end of you remember at the end of Fellowship of the Rings when Sean Bean is fighting the Urukai and that one Urukai is on the sword and he just kind of walks forward onto the sword yeah and and just just like doesn't break eye contact like he he is there is I can't I can't quite put I can't quite come up with another with another term for it like he is he is not afraid to get well, where other coaches I think would get skittish or get conservative. He, he somehow has a way of getting more aggressive, but not in a reckless way. The Does math, track? the math is totally different. Yeah. That's the thing. The math is, yeah. the math is totally different. Like he does not, he does not seem to operate on the same mental calculus that a lot of coaches in his level do when they are uh, exasperating us in these situations. Yeah. I don't. Am I, I calling him a video game coach? I, the I way swear I, I, don't, I don't mean this as a diss. The I, do, way, I love it. I don't the, mean way I, the way I interpret that is more like things can be going poorly for Washington. And Washington and, he, and his response can be to pour on fuel. Well, Washington think, doesn't let that stifle their creativity. Yeah, I yeah, think it's mostly yeah. uh, it doesn't feel like Washington Shit, gets into a place where they say we have ideas, but we're scared to use them. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, yes, they're not yes, always yes. ideas I like. They're not yeah. always ideas that feel smart, but I, I think there is a confidence of like, we have ingenuity and we will like, why don't we try this? Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, what sticks out the most to me is the apple, the, the fourth down conversion in the apple cup, which yes. was a crazy fucking play to call, but was also an incredibly smart play to call. Dude, well, the two plays, the, the two play, the two plays, but like on that red zone possession before. Hang on, all, let, hang on let the let the apple cup. Sorry, yeah, let the apple here. cup <laughs> expert speak. Yeah, sorry. That fourth and one play also came after a chess mess of timeouts where they took mm -hmm. a time. We took Wazi took a timeout. UW took a timeout. Everyone's like, okay, they're kind of they'll punt. They won't punt. Whatever. Yeah. And then they break out a reverse, like mm -hmm. crash the front of the line, break out a reverse, and everyone's going, "What the hell?" Like the conviction it took to not punt there and then be like, "Okay, we're going to go do this." It's uh, Ryan Grubb and Kalen DeBoer don't really take downside into their like risk equation. Right. Yeah. They're just like, "Oh man, this could be good," and they don't even think about what the downside could conviction be. It's just like there's only the upside. Word. Conviction is maybe the best word for this because it's not, it, it's not stubbornness. I mean, it's a kind of stubbornness, but not a mule-headed kind of stubbornness. It's like they they have this. Uh, they're all they're so serene in their like certainty of principle, like in in the in their in their convictions of their uh, that that what they're doing, and the way they're going about this game is the correct way, and it's like nothing that could happen. For, no outside factor. I feel like after after watching this, and we've been watching this team for a couple seasons now, and they've been fascinating. But it's like I can't at this point. It, it's hard to imagine a scenario where 
any outside factor could change their game plan or or, or their their ethos or something. And I, I think I that's I think, bad, but this I think, isn't it. I think injury is the only one, which is what concerns yeah. me about the Dylan Johnson. Thing. Well, that's I think that's I mean outside factor by like something the other team has done to them. Like right, that would fair. that would be an inside fair. factor, right? Yeah. When I think so, I still don't feel like I've conviction. got this exactly right, but conviction is conviction is close. Well, I just let, let's 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 pick let's have our our ideal be Dan Campbell going it going for it for two from the seven yard line. <laughs> yes, that is the yes. level of conviction to which we should all strive. Mm-hmm. I think it was Amanda Ball who said she like went to go brush her teeth after Washington mm-hmm. recovered the onside kick. It was they came back. I was like, "What's happening now?" So with a uh, I... minute six left, when uh, Washington got the ball, I was like, "Dog, I got to be up in four fucking hours to edit a recap of this game. I'll catch mm-hmm. you on the other side." I opened the recap. And I'm like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" <laughs> Texas almost won. <laughs> Yeah. It's like Chris Branch, what are you, you're making stuff up. Let me look at the play log. We, I think, prefer to stay generally enthusiastic and positive, and don't really enjoy sort of nitpicking at the little things. Um, hi, Steve Sarkeesian. I'm going to nitpick at the little things. Hi, offensive, um, uh, uh, offensive whiz kid. Yeah, offensive whiz kid Steve yeah. Sarkeesian. Or um, no, let's let's give Texas credit as a weirdness enabler. They've yes. had some weird ass games as well. They've had this some is, very this weird is ass games. The most games. fun I've had with Texas football in a generation. When you are playing Washington and you get in there and you go, okay, hey, we're going to, it's fourth and four at the Washington seven. It's fourth and four. We're going to go ahead and kick the field goal and go for the onside. What about that to you is more probable or is less probable than picking up or the onside kick? Because the onside kick, like I would think with Quinn Ewers, but why does it matter? Have... Like they did, they weren't in a position where kicking it away was gonna like they were in right. a timeout position where they were gonna have to onside it no matter what. I yeah, get what right, you're yeah. saying, but I mean, like, like it's just I, a matter I, of like I'd rather have win. It yeah. Is, to me, like to me, like that and not going for two after you scored late mm-hmm. and they're like everything that Steve Sarkeesian did, I think checks out. But in and aggregate, in aggregate, he's not a coach that you can accuse. He, he's not a coach that you can ever accuse of not thinking things through, right? Right. Like, this is never going to be a deal in the situation. Like but but in in aggregate, you just kind of go, I don't know. Some of these feel Do like. You, can I can I give you a test case? Yeah, and it's a little bit dated. Does it remind you at all of the times when Jeff Tedford in his first Cal administration would, for lack of a better word, out genius himself? A little bit. Kind of. Yeah, like there's a second down. There's a second down call where he calls this little swing pass that effe- that effectually is just like a, a waste of a play. Mm. Like he like he's like, oh, we'll just see what the running back can get. It. Oh, turns out he's totally covered and he got out of bounds. Like it's just little things there where you go. I understand you were working from behind and with the deck stacked against you. Um, it just seems to be in aggregate, like maybe making a few other sort of reckless, like a- outright reckless calls. You might want to look into it. Because mm-hmm. at times it felt like, at times it felt like, risk- you going to get a little cowboy. I, 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 I think, I think we are overlooking that it's so much easier to do that when you have Michael Penn. Like Quinn Ewers played well, yeah. and I think Quinn Ewers has had has been like fine this season, and I'm, I'm really interested to Under see what has to be a fucking weird, just, yes, just and, a, like just a weird vibe locker room fan base booster core situation i am interested to see if he does in fact come back which it sounds like he's going to like i'm interested to see what that looks like going forward but like there is a real advantage to like 
we can be weird and aggressive because we have Michael Penix, because we have somebody who is like so good at the specific weird aggressive thing that we're trying to do. It, like other co other teams do try this, and it looks fucking stupid because no, you're, they you're don't have around, a quarterback who can do it. You're running around holding a blue shell. Fundamentally. Yeah, we were yeah. so close. We were so close to getting Arch Manning in last night in in a peak situation. We were so close to getting him in because yours took a hard hit. And they were looking at him on the sidelines for a minute, and Arch Manning had his helmet on. And I was thinking, do you want to end this young man's career right here? Because that would putting Arch Manning in in a clutch situation. I was like, file the transfer papers. That's not fair to ask any any quarterback at that point in their career to do. It's not like consider how insane it was for Nick Saban to switch at halftime. Yeah. Right. To switch sure. quarterbacks. Right. Which now I'm saying you're like, oh, that's two attack of my law. Of course you should have done that. Yeah, no, we didn't know that was fucking insane. <laughs> right. And especially when you're talking about like because Malik Murphy I'm went to the sure portal. Nick knew that at yeah. the time. Because Malik Murphy went to the portal, you're not even talking about like we're putting in the backup. We're putting in the third no, stringer. He just happens to be stringer. the backup now. Had his helmet on, and I was like, Oh, we're about to get real nude. Like, if oh, the funniest outcome game. there, though, is he comes in and rips a touchdown. Rips it, absolute rope. It's like, boom. Yes, yes, that's correct. <laughs> today would have been, I, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, I'm glad this kid didn't get his moment. But, oh, God, today would have been a lot less fun, and it would not have been his fault at all. I want us all to pause for a moment and think about how ungovernable Jim Harbaugh is going to be if he wins a national championship in the year where he was suspended <laughs> by two different groups for two different issues. He's going to so many fucking burgers. I'm going like, to be so mad if he takes an NFL job after this. I mean, I know he wants to, but I'm going to be so mad if he gets one after he wins a halftime national championship. You will not be able to tell this man a goddamn thing. And that no, is what a that new is... and exciting frontier that will be. <laughs> well, also, Jim Harbaugh, who thinks he knows best. You know how insane he'll become if he reaches the pinnacle of college football while his less insane brother wins the Super Bowl? Oh, wow. God. Because it still won't be enough, brother. Oh, God. And it'll <laughs> right. Happen, yeah. And it right. You are still the second ranked too. boy. It's cool. a month apart, too. It happens with just enough time for you to battle. Oh, cool. You're hey mom, Jim won JV. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get like a certificate for that? Here's my second Super Bowl ring. Do you oh, remember the first one? You ever notice how your trophy looks like a vape pen? That's cool. Anyway. So it's like book it or something? <laughs> he's gonna listen, he's gonna show up to Easter and put a fork in John's hand. <laughs> At the table. John's not even gonna say anything. Yeah, he's gonna open his mouth and it's gonna be say, and it's gonna be to say, "Hey Jim, would you pass the salad?" And Jim's gonna slam a fork directly through the back of his hand. The the worst possible iteration of this is if the Ravens beat the 49ers again in the Super Bowl. And he's gonna be like, "That's a pretty good program they got up there in San Francisco. You should see if they got any open yeah. assistant positions." Yeah, they're they're really building a good foundation over there in San Francisco. I think they got a bright, not a lot of history there, but a lot of locker room, a lot of locker room culture you can learn from. You know, we beat them in one of these games a few years ago. They're better now, though. <laughs> Quarterback plays mostly where I would say they excel. <laughs> <laughs> There's always Tom. That's what Tom's for. Tom Green's just like, please can we play Yahtzee for the love of God? Or, or does Tom on the other side take advantage of the tumult to put a knife in John's ribs 
Mm, he'll he'll fumble that shit. He'll put he'll it in handle first. Stab himself. <laughs> um, I know that, like... I got lost like... in my huge pants! I can't find the knife! <laughs> he cuts himself trying to unsheathe his butterfly knife without taking it out of his pocket. Tom Crean butterfly knife dot biz. Just imagine being behind Tom Crean at TSA when he goes through the metal detector. You're like, we're not finding shit in this pants. It's gonna take days. We need, a search. we need a search team to go through those pleats. Sir, can you remove the sweater? Remove the sweater <laughs> from your they, pants, they, please. They set up like the arrival bubble. And it's just a pants pocket. <laughs> just just strapping up in PPE with a headlamp. <laughs> Amy Going Adams in. staring up and putting one Amy up. Adams is <laughs> diagramming like 2-3 zone and <laughs> inbound plays. <laughs> Can I tell you, I know that you, like me, spend time reading Tom Crean's Wikipedia entry, and uh, this is a selection from his extremely overwrought coaching style and philosophy section. On the court, Crean is known to walk the sidelines with an intensity normally reserved for football coaches. I agree. Who wrote that? Go find the name of the person. Who did I bet that it was Wikipedia Jim Harbaugh. I bet it was. <laughs> I'll write your Wikipedia entry, buddy. <laughs> Big Jim, 413. <laughs> he says he's an expert at coaching, and I don't know. He's like yeah, a dog that thinks he's people. There's a uh-huh. citation for this, and it's Les Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in case you want, by the way, more of this. The next sentence is, for inspiration, Crean has a library filled with biographies of coaches and business executives. This is official no. that Tom Crean has the worst fucking library in the world. <laughs> Tom Crean's sentient airport bookstore. <laughs> That's it. The man built a Hudson you know, News Dan in his Brown. house. <laughs> Tom Crean's like, you know what I'm craving? Some inspiration and a $5 bag of wasabi peas. Okay. Tom Crean always gets me an $8 Powerade for my birthday. Tom Crean eating wasabi peas? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Regular peas, please. That's why, so, that's why it's so worked up on the sideline. Whoa! He's <laughs> opening a can of spring peas. Yeah. On the wait, wait, wait. Read the last sentence of his coaching philosophy where Thank Indiana you. gets his off. Yeah, during his time at Indiana, Cream was criticized by fans of the local sports media for the amount of turnovers his team's committed, cited. Poor defense, also cited. <laughs> Lack of team fundamentals, no citation. Poor in-state recruiting, citation. <laughs> Large numbers of players transferring, cited, noted. And his, quote, blow-by, unquote, handshakes of opposing coaches. <laughs> there is three pages of stuff that Jim Harbaugh wrote. And then there's one page here that Kyle had Crimson Quarry. I was going to say, are all these links Crimson Quarry? <laughs> the 95 feces of Tom Crean sucks. Someone on Wikipedia <laughs> saw this ocean of bullshit, put on the scuba gear, and was like, I'm diving in and fixing this, buddy. 